You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John and Pemba. What's going on, FA Nation? John and Pemba here with Howard Bender. Welcome back into the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast and live stream week two preview. Howard, we had a pretty good week one, I'd say. I would definitely say that we had a pretty good week one. I do the uh, the full breakdown of what the playbook does in the watch list, in the following week's watch list. And I mean, we hit seven out of seven on our QBs. We yeah. had the top scoring running backs in there. We had a number of the wide receivers who, uh, who were top performers. Believe it or not, John, my one shortcoming last week, if you looked at the breakdown, actually was the tight ends. Yeah. The well, tight end whisperer sucked at the tight ends last week. I mean, I had Kelsey in there, right. which is... Well, the only tight end that really did good, though, unless he played like O.J. Howard, right? There was there there weren't many high-scoring tight ends there in Week One, but yeah, you can go and look at the watch list. We have the optimal line, optimal playbook lineup in there. I think the average scoring for the quarterbacks in the playbooks was over 20 fantasy points. Same with the running backs, around over 20 fantasy points. So uh, yeah, a lot of good things happening. We have a shorter main slate here in Week Two. They have two Monday night football games for whatever reason. And then, of course, they we're dealing with the Sunday night football game. And we had Thursday's night game last night between the Chargers and Chiefs. The bigger issue I have with that is a lot of the good, talented players are on these main these slates on prime time. So if you're looking at the player pool today, Howard, and I'll get it a little bit of looking while well, he doing the quarterback coach. We've been doing the watch list all week. Some of the usual names that we like to gravitate to, I don't find. They're not on this slate. So... Um, roster building maybe a little bit different across the industry this week kind of excited to jump into it so how about we we get going looking at quarterbacks Howard let's do it man absolutely no Aaron Rodgers no Kirk Cousins no Jalen Hurts no Josh Allen right on the board and obviously again no Justin Herbert and no Pat Mahomes right. so Kyler Murray standing out above and beyond the the others I mean obviously Lamar Jack Kyler Murray Lamar Jackson are the probably the top two guys there the top priced guys yeah but from there then there's like when you move down the list and if we're looking at DraftKings right now obviously Dak is out I don't even know why his name is in here yeah. you might as well just well it's because it. they released the uh, the pricing like three weeks ago right still they, you they can still take that name early. out right I mean yeah. that's just gonna cause it. same he's with sitting Deshaun there at 5900 he's been suspended he's suspended for like 13 weeks so why is Deshaun yeah. Watson higher than Carson Wentz he's not gonna play a snap so I don't know but Murray and Jackson are your top two tier guys but Listen, I think Russell Wilson at home against Houston is a nice one there. Highest roster um, player, I think, at the position this week. Wilson? Yeah. Yeah, probably. Matchup, probably. home debut. People are going to buy into the bounce back after last week. Hackett knowing he messed up like with the way his play calling went like they're just gonna i think they're gonna let wilson go he's cheaper than jackson miami's got a good defense kyler obviously missing a lot of his pass catchers just before we went on stream here rondale Moore ruled out andy isabella both ruled out so two pass catching options more more important than isabella but both of those guys out for arizona now so i think russell wilson at 72 people will take a couple hundred dollar savings and they'll go right there I think they should. I really do. Denver 7-1-2 and two against the spread in their last opening home games. Yeah. In like their first home game of the season for the last 10 years. 7-1-2 and two against the spread. And then the winning percentage, oh, it's either cover the spread or win outright in, I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of like 68% of the time yeah. over the last 30 years. Right. Teams just don't play well in the altitude. Yeah, that's a, a former wager alarm stat. You and Craig Mish out there on your your Broncos homes in September matchups. It was a must go to. 
Right. But I mean, when you look at it, right, and you see that it's a 10 point spread, right, you, you have to figure, okay, if they, let's say they just, they win and they cover, or even at worst, it's a push. It's still a 10 point lead, which means that Denver's going to put up some points. Yep. Yeah, I'm going to full agreement with you. Matt Ryan had a good passing day. Obviously, they tied with the Colts, so it's not as if they were got blown out, but Ryan had a really good passing game. Michael Pittman had a monster day. So now you're looking at Sutton, Judy, and Russell Wilson here, kind of probably PO'd about the way that week one went. I think they come out here in front of the home crowd and light, light the show up. So that's where I'm going with Wilson here at 7,200. I think he's going to be the highest rostered play in that mid-tier range. What are you, what are you targeting? The, the mid-tier range is kind of kind of weird. I actually don't hate Stafford. I know that he's dealing with that partially torn UCL, but we get this all the time, right? I wasn't worried about Stafford's elbow in the beginning of the season, right? I figured somewhere around like week six, week seven, that's when we're going to start to hear that his elbow's barking and he's going to have some problems there. I don't love Atlanta's defense, their pass defense. By any stretch of the imagination, we watched Jameis Winston carve him up late and it took him a little while to kind of get going there at the saints but so i don't mind i don't mind this matchup here again you look at people overreacting and i know i'm sure that a majority of the public is going to be on well i don't know if the majority of the public is going to be on atlanta taking those points they might just turn to that no team has ever no super bowl team has ever started out oh and two the following year so stafford's probably a guy who i who i dig i'm gonna look at Derek carr also yeah. Right? I mean, the, the, granted, it was Mahomes last week, but I really don't hate Derek Carr as a uh, as a nice option here. No, I agree with you. When Mahomes threw five touchdown passes. Derek Carr targeted Devontae Adams 17 times in week one. I think we all knew that was likely to happen, but you are going up against an Arizona defense. At least last week was missing some of the guys in their secondary and on their defense. So you could see Derek Carr at home here again, come out firing against a bad Cardinals defense. The Stafford thing is interesting because again, I think people are, want to believe in bounce backs off these guys, off these teams losses, much like Denver. There's a lot of talk, like they're going to make sure that Allen Robinson gets involved here and they're going to work him in and they still have Cooper Cup. They're at home. Atlanta, we don't think it's a very good defense. So I could see Stafford at 6,300 drawing a lot of rostership there as well. Yeah, and a lot of times when we talk quarterbacks, we have to think about the receivers because you're going to play a stack. So if you're playing Russell Wilson, Judy and Sutton are relatively reasonably priced. If you're playing Stafford, now you're paying top dollar for Cooper Cup. If you're paying playing Derek Carr, you're paying top dollar for Devontae Adams. So some of that roster construction comes into play a little bit as well. But I do like both of those guys there. But So Stafford and Carr, I like. Brady's probably a contrarian play given the pass catching situation there. And then we get under 6K quick. Carson Wentz on the road against Detroit. We saw how bad be, Detroit's defense was. It'd you, be very popular, right? Yeah. Very popular. Yep. Yep. I agree with you. At $5,800, a high game total here. Coming off four touchdowns. Everybody loves Curtis Samuel this week. And you're not playing Curtis Samuel most likely if you're not throwing some Wentz stacks in there. So you got $5,700 for Wentz. And then after that, I don't know. I don't know where, where you like. Do you like Matt Ryan? Do you know? Do you play Jameis Winston here against Tampa Bay? What are your thoughts on the value at quarterback? So believe it or not, I'm actually kind of looking at Trey Lance. Okay. I mean, cause so, so here's the thing. You want to talk about the fact that whatever it was a monsoon in, in Chicago and the field was soaking wet, whatever, and that was, and then they lost Elijah Mitchell and it changes the game plan and everything like that. I think coming into this week. I think we're going to see a lot of Debo Samuel, right? We're going to yeah. see Debo in the backfield, right? They're not going to just 
open up their arms and say, yes, Jeff Wilson, you're our guy. Come to us. Right. I think they're going to, this is where it came into play that they got that contract with Debo and they gave him some incentive clauses in order to ensure that he would be a part of this ground game. And I think this week is a perfect example of that. So I think that's going to take away targets from Debo and increase the targets to Ayuk. Right. George Kittle's not going to play or he's probably not supposed to play. Yeah. So, so they don't really have, so it's going to be like a lot of, I think it's going to be a lot of, a lot of short passing with Ayuk being like the mid to long passing kind sure. of work that yeah, they're going to do. Yeah. And I just think it's going to be like short, high percentage passing to help move the chains. You're going to just rack up some yardage there for Trey Lance. He's going to get some running in there as well. I mean, let's not forget also Seattle's defense. They just lost Jamal Adams for the entire season. Right. So that's a big gaping hole in the middle of that secondary. And they just, they're, they lost Bobby Wagner, the heart and soul of their defense yeah. at the linebacker position. So I kind of feel like that second level of the Seattle defense is extremely vulnerable. And so Lance is a guy who I don't think a lot of people are going to be on that I got some interest in. Yeah, and you mentioned Jamal Adams being out for Seattle. He's really good against the run as well. So when they run these RPOs and these read options, Adams comes up and he was a big hitter. It's what he got hurt on. So there, there's definitely something to pay attention to. And I do agree. This could be a spot where look at what like Jalen Hurts did last week where he completely completed like 55% of his passes only for like 230 yards, but he had 90 yards rushing or whatever it was in a touchdown, right? And Lance is very much capable of putting up similar production to that. So especially against, against Seattle, I, I'm in agreement with you there. Anybody else? Do you take a shot? I mentioned Ryan Winston, any value? Do you like Davis Mills, Daniel Jones against Carolina? Are you taking shots on any of these guys? I mean, it's really not pretty. Daniel Jones might be intriguing, right? Especially, I mean, his, his completion rate was solid, right? He got some, I think if they can, if Kadarius Tony is healthy and plays, I think he definitely adds an element that they were lacking in that uh, in that first game. And then the dump-offs to Saquon Barkley. I think everybody's looking at Saquon Barkley being like, this dude's back, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's the Barkley of all. He's the Barkley that they drafted. So right. I think those dump-offs will help Daniel Jones if you're paying down, like that far down. Can I interest you in a Daniel Jones, Sterling Shepard, Saquon Barkley stack against the Carolina Panthers? just thinking that, right? Off of your article. $5,100 Daniel Jones. He got you 18 fantasy points last week. That's certainly doable. Certainly doable. So that's the quarterback position. Again, you get the full playbook when Howard writes it up on Saturday. We'll see where he lands and who's in it. But that's our QB breakdown. Running back. Again, we have some of the top guys here. Last week, two of the three top guys didn't didn't really come through for us. Right, Jonathan Taylor, home run. Nobody played Jonathan Taylor last week. I entered the three max. I had him in one of my three lineups. 8% rostered was Jonathan Taylor. He went for 30-plus fantasy points. Now he gets Jacksonville. I think what we saw, what Antonio Gibson did against Jacksonville last week. Taylor, obviously, will be interesting to see the roster ship on him. Again, $9,900 on DraftKings. Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown, so he wasn't a total bust. His biggest play, unfortunately, came on a fumble recovery where he didn't get count, he didn't count for any of the yardage that he gained. Baker mumbled the snap, and CMC picked it up and ran for like 25 yards, and you don't get any of that production. I think there's still a, bo- a good bounce-back opportunity for him. He is Christian McCaffrey, but, and maybe because he kind of burned, people won't be on. Less people will be rostering him at 8,900. Kamara's hurt. The ribs apparently gonna, are potentially an issue at 74. Everybody's playing Saquon at 73. Everybody played him last week at 63. So well, that's kind of my top tier here. 
It's a good, solid outline of the top tier. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, I'm glad that Kamara's ribs are a little messed up because that'll help keep me off of him so I don't have to deal with the Taysom Hill nonsense either. Right. right? Oh, man. How frustrating. so gross. So gross. Yeah. I dig Mixon against Dallas. Obviously, I think Mixon is a guy who he didn't get into the end zone last week, and that might keep people off of him. But I still think that, especially with the fact that I think Dallas is uh, just Dallas's defense is solid, right? They are still a decent defense. I think that they're going to try to take some shots downfield, connect with Jamar Chase, get out, get a lead, and then just run the ball with Mixon, right? Yeah. Because Dallas's offense is atrocious now. I mean, the offensive line is banged up. Cooper rushes the quarterback. So I mixed in in this spot as much as I, I like Nick Chubb against my Jets. I do. How frustrating though, Cream Hunt scores two touchdowns last week. Right. But that was, I mean, that game turned into like, it wasn't so much like a track meet, but I mean, that game went back and forth a bunch and Cleveland needed to catch up, didn't they? Right? They no, they were kind of tied up with, with, it was close with the Panthers all game. Maybe they pulled ahead. I feel like it was the... Yeah, Cle okay, yeah. Cleveland was... Up. Yeah, Carolina was the one who came back. Yeah, they had the CR touchdown to Robbie Anderson there. So. Yeah. Maybe I'm remembering it wrong, and maybe I do need to lay off the Nick Chubb. So, I mean, like, is, you say lay off Nick Chubb. He ran for 140 yards, right? Is that like, it? Just yeah. that? He just, didn't, he just didn't score. Cream Hunt had two of them. Like, that's the annoying <laughs> thing, right? Because that, But that's what Cream Hunt does. He did it last year, too. He was scoring touchdowns, and Nick Chubb was doing all the work. So Nick Chubb only scores if he breaks a 30-yard run, it seems like. For the rest Great. of the time, they get in the red zone. I think they like the versatility of Cream Hunt because he, he can run just as well as Chubb can, but he's also they also use him in a passing game. So I like Chubb a lot. I, I don't know if any people will be going against him against the Jets, especially because you're thinking people around him. I think you're right with Joe Mixon. If you look at some of the game scripts last season where Cincinnati went out to these big leads, Joe Mixon had monster running games. They just ran him down because they didn't need to throw as much. And we just said, we talked about last week, Leonard Fournette ran all over this Dallas defense. So Mixon could certainly be there. Swift, if he says he's good to go based off his own comments and he returned to practice on Friday. Again, I think the running backs in this game are going to be quite interesting. Swift himself, 144 yards, 50-yard touchdown last week only at $7,000. This tier in this range here is quite appealing. Javante Williams at 65. I still like Leonard Fournette. There's there's a lot of good running back value, I think, this week. Last week, paying up for the wide receivers was the play, and spending down at running back was the play. I, I wonder where we go this week with the roster construction. Right. Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's really interesting when you do look at the pay down here for the running backs. I mean, Taylor and McCaffrey are Taylor and McCaffrey, but, you know, when you come down here... You were talking about Fournette, yep. right? James Conner. Williams, Williams is going to be very interesting just because it was so much pass catching work yeah. last week, right? And is Denver going to need to do that? Is, is that a design for the offense or is that was that Russell Wilson not being comfortable chucking the ball downfield? So I'm on the fence. I love Javante, right? Yeah. I'm just on the fence as to whether or not he's going to be one of those. Like I always like to... I have primary guys at each position, right? And I just don't know if I'm there with him for DFS in week two because of it. Sure. My, my one thing you know? is I worry that we may, that this could be a low point for him, right? Like 6,300 last 12 targets, got 20 fantasy points, 65 this week. I think he got all of those pass catching, all that passing work because they were trailing in that game. Nobody really expected Seattle Denver's offense not to be ahead. If they go up right. against Houston, like we're expecting a 10 point spread, they're at home. 
is he the guy that runs down that game or is it going to be Melvin Gordon, right? And I think it was going to be Javante. And if that's the case, he could get 15 carries here and run all over this Houston team and still get the passing work. At the very least, I loved and I at least love knowing that he is that third down guy for them. Like we don't have to worry about Melvin Gordon anymore in the passing game. It is Javante Williams the whole way. So maybe, maybe he makes an appearance so in the much. Contrarian Corner video this week if you don't, if we if we see what goes on there because there are quite a few I, I love that you I love that you love him so much now. Yeah, I do. I, do. I, I do. mean, I was in on Antonio Gibson last week, right? And, and look what he yes, did. You, so, are. you know, the big passing down work gets Detroit this week for three different. Eagles running backs ran for a touchdown last week. Sanders, Scott, and Gainwell all ran for touchdowns. So Antonio Gibson at 6,200. I said it in the video. I said it to you in our chat. This is Antonio Gibson's opportunity to win his job back, right? Robinson, they tweeted out a photo of him today. He's, he's working out. He's practicing on the side on his own. So Robinson's coming back. He's going to be ready to go in week five. This is Gibson's showtime to be like, hey, I had 1,000 yards last year. I had 40 catches last year. I deserve to be the number one running back on this team still. After week one, easy matchup against Jacksonville. He looked the part. Another easy matchup here against Detroit. I love me some Gibson again at 6,200. Can't believe he bypassed Najee Harris so easily, right? You didn't even talk about him. Same price, ultimate contrarian play here. Yes, I do. But the the Patriots run defense last week was actually pretty good. They shut down Edmonds and Mostert when it came to running the football. Maybe that's where some of their strength is going to be this year is at the run, stopping the running game. Najee's dealing with the foot problem. That worries me a little bit. Oh, I feel okay. I'll work through it. And then it gets he gets cleated or an ankle twist or something like that in the, in the scrum. And next, you know, he's off the field. So injury concern is a big part of me worrying about Najee Harris here. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right, moving down further. I'm not really interested in Corderell Patterson against the Rams. I'm not really that interested in Zeke against Dallas. Josh Jacobs needs to show me something a little bit more. Daryl Henderson, on the other hand, here you go. That's, I like Daryl Henderson a lot. We were talking about Stafford earlier and the stack, that potential to do it. I wouldn't mind stacking it with Daryl Henderson here going up against Atlanta. So I think that's a good spot there. And then I tell you what, man, DeForest Buckner, if DeForest Buckner is out this week, I don't even care if Shaq Leonard, AKA Darius Leonard, is back. He's still banged up and he's still questionable for uh, for this week. But DeForest Buckner never misses time. If he's out, James Robinson becomes a very intriguing option for me. Yeah, I won't argue with it. Again, we know that India is a tough D and most people probably won't play Robinson because of that. I, and I think the other thing that may play against the rostership of Robinson here is the idea that Jacksonville is going to be playing from behind. And I think more people will then look at ATN for that aspect of it. But I mean, Indy wasn't that impressive against Houston. <laughs> like, they really only had a two-man show, and now Pittman's dealing with some of his own issues. If it's just Jonathan Taylor, then this is going to be kind of a slow grind them out game. Then Robinson could still remain on the field because Jacksonville doesn't have to chase. So, And if they're missing two of their key defensive players, even more so. So I'm in agreement with you. People love just love Travis Etienne, but like I said to you before, I worry about inconsistency of a guy when the coaches say he can do a lot of things, and then what did he go do? Four carries, four targets. Yeah. Not, not what you're looking for out of a player in fantasy. Drop touchdowns, too. Well, nobody said his hands are perfect. Looking further down, J.K. Dobbins possibly making his debut this weekend. We're still kind of waiting on there. 
And you got a split backfield in Brees Hall, Michael Carter. Same thing with Edmonds as far as him down there. But that's against Baltimore. It's not really a great matchup. I guess the real question is Jeff Wilson at 5,100. Is that your is that your Damian Pierce this week? Is that your pay down? Or is there something lower that might interest you? Yeah, I mean, it's probably Wilson. Wilson will probably be popular. A lot of people are going to go there. I still just worry about this offense. Like, Debo Samuel ran for another touchdown. Trey Lance is an RPO guy that when they get in the red zone, you feel like he's someone that's going to be carrying the football. What is Wilson's touchdown potential? It feels very low. And in tournaments, you need either a boatload of yardage, you need Jeff Wilson to be involved in a passing game, or you need him to score touchdowns. Right, I don't, but, I I mean, don't know, is, he, I don't know he, where he fits. I don't know where he fits. Right, but is he a cash game play? Like Damian Pierce was last week. I said last week, I was like, Damian Pierce is a guy who I would use in cash because I think his ownership is going to be super high because he's incredibly cheap. And everyone was in on him in the preseason. And everybody was like, oh, yeah, Lovey Smith just named him the starting running back. So, But is that good shock or bad shock? What's that? But is that good good shock or bad shock? It actually turned out to be good shock because his ownership percentage was high enough that the dud that he put up didn't affect you in cash games whatsoever. Sure. And if you looked at, I didn't. I said specifically, I'm not looking at him for GPP. My, I don't see the upside with him there. I don't see that. But if I, if using him in a cash game is going to enable me to get Jonathan Taylor in there, sure. right? And maybe a Cooper Cup or a Jefferson or somebody like that. Well, not Jefferson. He's not on the site, but a Cooper yeah. Cup. Then all of a sudden, it, it kind of changes the dynamic for cash game builds. From a GPP standpoint, no, I won't use Jeff Wilson at all. I'm not even close. I'll use Rex Burkhead before I use oh, Jeff Wilson. I was going to say, if we want to talk about some guys, some pass catchers here, I guess, Burkhead against Denver feels like a decent spot if we're expecting Houston be having to be playing from behind here. I don't think we're going to get a 70-30 breakdown again of snaps because Lovey Smith said, well, we want to get Damian Pierce involved a little bit more. Maybe the Denver run defense isn't that good. We saw Rashad Penny look pretty good running against them in week one. Maybe they just got blitzed. They weren't ready for Seattle, and that had a lot to do with it. But if Denver is a 10-point favorite and they are up double digits, it's going to be Rex Burkhead out there, and it's not going to be Damian Pierce. Burkhead is $4,900. We mentioned Eno Benjamin last week. Again, a guy that finished with nine fantasy points in PPR at 4200 He had a handful of carries. He had three three catches on four targets for 33 yards. He's the third down back there in Arizona. If we're really just kind of looking to dive down, that's somebody maybe to take a peek at there as well. I have no interest in Benjamin. Okay. I just don't. Yeah, listen, I he's not sexy, but he's 4,200. He had almost 10 fantasy points last week, right? So I, it can also, it's also game flow dependent. Mahomes and Kansas City were up 20 mm-hmm. on them. They had to throw. Third down back was out there. So, yep, that's Amir Abdullah is sexier than... Well, so uh, Abdullah you know, is only intriguing if Brandon Bolden doesn't play. Bolden didn't practice, right? He's dealing uh-huh. he's dealing with the hamstring. You got to love uh, Josh McDaniels' guys, right? Brings over Brandon Bolden. He gets two catches and a touchdown. <laughs> and, and Amir Abdullah, who was playing third down role all preseason, doesn't even get on the field most of the time. So I'm with you there. Again, there's still, we're still not at a point where there's a lot of great value, especially some of the matchups that some of these value guys have. So if you're going down deep under 5K, it's probably Burkhead. Maybe you take a shot at Pierce. No Damian Williams this week, but I don't think we're playing Tyler Algier at all against the Rams. Are you, you playing know? Tyler Algier? I'm not. I, don't know. Me I, neither. I still think most are somewhat interesting. I know that Edmonds was the lead back there in terms of snaps 
and New England's run defense held pretty good, but you know, I'm still a I'm still a Mostert guy. I think that he'll have a GPP week in him. If you're playing 20 or so lineups, maybe you get one or two Mosterts in there as sort of contrarian spend down options because the last two seasons that he's been healthy, he's had like the fastest plays or he's had the fastest top end speed plays. He's ran like 26 miles an hour, all those advanced metrics, these <laughs> wild breakouts. So like it only takes one for Mostert there. So that's running back position though. Again, I think the middle tier is super interesting. I don't, I, because of that, I don't think anybody's playing Jonathan Taylor again. So we'll have to, we'll see. If we spend down at quarterback, I may have to throw Taylor in a lineup and see where we go. Wide receivers. Top tier guys are all there. Cooper Cup at 99. Devontae Adams is at 86. Jamar Chase at 8K. Debo, 78. Tyreek was okay at 71. I, I think the one interesting thing here, we talk about Chase and his matchup with Diggs. Diggs last year allowed the most yards at cornerback. At, at he just, as good as he was intercepting the ball, he also was targeted a lot and he gave up a ton of big plays. So I wonder if people fade Chase because they're worried about that Diggs matchup and not necessarily a stopper there, so... Yeah, I, I'm kind of. I, I, when I put Chase into the into the watch list, it was exactly that. And I think Trevon Diggs he got that he got the attention for all the interceptions and stuff like that, but he also definitely did get beat. Yeah, on a number of deep plays there as well. So yeah, he cheats. He's looking for the interception, and right, you know, exactly. And if he mistimes it, Chase is going sixty yards to the house. So that's definitely an intriguing spot there. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, sure. If you're playing Stafford or Carr, like you're in, they're in your lineups. If you can fit him as a one-off, of course, like figure it out. Just elite plays there. So any of those top guys, I think, are fine. Debo is super intriguing because of the rushing touchdown potential for him there. That's like your top group. Is there anybody that you would avoid in this top top range? Wide receiver wise, to avoid. Well, I mean, obviously, I'm not interested in C.D. Lamb. Sure. Right. Yeah. Not a um, rush fan. Shocker. Right, surprising. Again, I worry about Deontay. Well, no, we're, I'm, I'm looking down. In well, the top look, tier, you can no. scroll down. I mean, listen, they're going on all the way down the list here. So Yeah, I mean, because yeah, look, Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams, I'm in on both of them. Yeah. Jamar Chase, happy to use him. Debo Samuel, I'm probably very happy to use him as well. Greek against Baltimore, I don't hate that, right? I mean... No. I mean, who's going to cover him? Marlon yep. Humphrey? Yeah, they lost Fuller, gets... right, last week uh, Baltimore did, I think, right? So Yeah, so all of a sudden it changes things up a, a little bit more there, and you can probably get one of these, like, high-end wide receivers into your lineup and do it that way. So, I, I, no, I don't hate on any of these top-tier guys. I think you should probably shoot for one of them. Yeah, I agree. 17 targets for Adams is just hard to, like... Hard to fight there. So mid-tier range. McLaurin was, he had an okay day. He saved by the touchdown. He did have the 49-yard catch. He wasn't, he was the third best wide receiver on Washington in week one. That won't happen too often. He gets Detroit here. I'm on Ross St. Brown, much to Andrew Cooper's dismay. Eight catches, 12 targets, and a score. He will Really? Play. I didn't realize, I didn't realize he was so anti-Amon Ra. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a big anti-Amon Ra St. Brown. But and he'll point out that very low A dot here. If he, but if they're gonna pepper him with 12 targets, you kind of have to just change your take, right? His, his whole thing is his really his draft capital and the fact that last year he broke out when everybody else was hurt. But you know, in a shootout in week one against Philly, he got 12 targets and eight catches. So 6,500. If you think that game's gonna be played that way, kind of got to think Armand Ross St. Brown is gonna be one of the more highly targeted options from from Mr. Jared Goff there. I do expect it. I definitely do expect it. I think, listen, DJ Chark is the guy who can stretch the field and be that deep threat. We saw him do it, right? We saw him do it in Jacksonville. 
We saw him do it last week in week one here. Amon Ross St. Brown is the guy who gets peppered with those targets, who helps move the chains, who does the across the middle work, the underneath routes, things like that. And he tries to get him running in, in space. Yeah. I think for a full point PPR format, I think Amon Ross St. Brown is a fantastic play. If you're looking for a deeper dive and somebody who's got that home run potential, then you switch to DJ Chark. Yeah. But with the way that, that the the Detroit offense is set up, it, they saw what they had in Amon Ross St. Brown last year, and I think that they want to continue to build on that. It's why when they drafted Jameson Williams, is the deep threat guy. He's yeah. not the he's, he just he plays a different role than St. Brown does. Yep, I agree with you. Reasons why I think Russell Wilson's going to be the chalk quarterback is that Cortland Sutton is sixty one hundred dollars and Jerry Judy's fifty six hundred dollars. So pick one. I am obviously a big flag planter in Jerry Judy this year. I have him in. 63% of my best balls, Howard. And many people think that is far too much exposure in one player. I say not if you believe in that player. And Jerry Judy had 23 fantasy points in week one and 5,600. Sutton, of course, still had a decent game, 11 points for him. Wasn't able to connect in any of the end zone throws, but seven, four for 72 there. Again, this is just why I think that Wilson's going to be so popular is that very easy to stack him with his receivers and then get in your Taylor or your Adams or whomever you want to spend up for and fit those into your play. So I think that's going to be a very popular play there. Michael Thomas coming off a two-touchdown game in his return. That Saints offense did nothing in the first half, exploded in the second half. Tom, five for 57 and two scores right there in that middle part of that group. So This middle tier is fantastic, right, with that. I mean, you got Michael Thomas. DJ Moore, who didn't have a great game last week, but yeah. you know, I mean, he's a thousand yard receiver who's got the upside of five or six touchdowns, right? So, yeah. In a matchup against the Giants, I don't hate him at all. And then Christian his quarterback Kirk, didn't suck. What's that? Only if his quarterback didn't suck. Hey, his quarterback looked pretty good last week, man. Baker Mayfield did not look very good last week. I just love getting on He threw a 75 yard touchdown pass. Dude, I, I listen. I made the mistake of going against you on Baker Mayfield for like three weeks last year, and then sat there and I watched and I and I immediately turned to you. I said, "You're right, John. Yeah, he's not a good quarterback. Not a good quarterback. He's but not- I did bet his over passing yards last week, and thankfully that 75 yard touchdown helped get him over there. So, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. you're such a sucker. I know. You know what? Listen, I'm I, no biases in the betting game, right? As bad as he is in a real life quarterback, I took the yardage. So anyway, so Thomas is there more short if you if you want to go in that direction. I don't know about Kirk in this spot, though he did have 20 fantasy points there in his, his week one matchup against Washington. Bateman found right. the end zone for Baltimore, but it's a really, Miami's got a really good defense. How chalky is the, is this week's $5,500 chalk play, Allen Robinson? After last week, it was... Michael Pittman, right? I mean, Robinson at 55 here against Atlanta. Yeah. Everybody thinks they're just going to force him into the action. It is, yeah. It's. I mean, listen, if you think that this whole week for everybody is about finding the guys who shit the bed last week and you expect them, they're just that they're better players than that, and so you automatically expect them to do better in week two, then yeah, then I think Allen Robinson is, is definitely that guy. Would you would you look to Allen Robinson or would you maybe if Chris Godwin was out say I'd rather go with Julio Jones at the same price? Oh man, if Godwin is out, so the thing is it all depends on Mike Evans for me. I still think Julio Jones is good, but if Mike Evans is also out, then Julio Jones becomes the top target in that offense and I like it maybe a little bit more. I know that Allen Robinson is playing against Cooper Cup, who is an absolute 
target hog himself but i feel like because of the way he was used and critting they kind of we talk about this a lot the media sometimes does play an influence on how things happen what happened with the chargers game last night right mike williams got like the first eight targets thrown to him right because all week everybody said well what's wrong with mike williams why didn't they work mike williams into the play last week yeah and then mike williams goes out and establishes himself I feel like Allen Robinson's going to get more work because the coach had made a point to say, like, we're going to work in Allen Robinson more. Anytime a coach sort of says that, makes me kind of think that's where they're going to go. Gives you a great opportunity, I think, to pivot, right? Because I think a lot of people are going to look at Robinson in this matchup against Atlanta and be like, this is a spot where he's going to bounce back. So it's an interesting tier. If T. Higgins doesn't play, Tyler Boyd caught a touchdown last week. He's $5,400, yeah. right? So potential spot for him there. As much as I craft on Robbie Anderson, it did take 75-yard touchdown for him to get 102 yards in the score. He did see eight targets. So if you are buying into DJ Moore, why not take the boom play Robbie Anderson against your Giants and see if you can go downfield there? I don't think Jalen Ramsey is going to be as bad as he was in week one, but Drake London looked really good in week one for Atlanta against the Saints, and he had a pretty tough matchup for him there against Latham. They move London around. Like, that's the thing. Jalen Ramsey doesn't shadow anyone. True. Right? So if you're going to continue to move your receivers around, and we saw them do that, right? We saw the Bills do that. Yeah, he didn't uh, follow Diggs he, across the line. And everybody was like, why is Ramsey stopping there, right? They just passed him off. And it didn't really matter. Ramsey got burned all game, no matter who was on him. But yeah, no, that's true. a good point. They don't, that's true. Ramsey doesn't follow anybody. So, yeah. So, so I like, I don't mind Drake London if he's going to get that work. I already told you I like Brandon Ayuk, 5,100 here. I think he's going to be the guy, especially if Debo's going to do some more of that running back role that he did last year. I think Ayuk becomes an intriguing play. And then Landry, Shepard, Samuel, all in that like 4K under range. That whole, yeah, that whole range right there is looking super tasty, right? Samuel, it's 46. Shepard is at 49. Landry's at 5,000. That ain't too shabby. What do you think about Donovan Peoples-Jones with his 11 targets last week at 4,400? Yeah, this is a guy that Coop has pointed out here a few times. I mean, 11 targets, it's hard to argue, right? The Browns passing attack is just so unexciting to me. So probably not anybody that I'm going to have in my lineup, but I think he's a good pivot play, right? If you're you think mm -hmm. we think Samuel is going to be the guy that a lot of people look to and Jones was there for a couple hundred dollars cheaper than I, I could see that I could see that happening I guess that's not the worst I like Zay Jones here at 4300 he had a good debut there for Jacksonville him and Kirk they got paid the most money this offseason by Jacksonville and then they went ahead and they've they had the most fantasy points there the only thing know. that makes me a little nervous here is that Indianapolis's strength on defense. I mean, their defense on the whole is rock solid, right? But if you're taking out DeForest Buckner and you're taking out Shaq Leonard, it becomes a little bit softer in the front seven. Their secondary is still really good. Stefan Gilmore, Kenny Moore sure. is there. I can't remember who the third corner is that I'm blanking on, but. Right. So, so I, I, I like it. I like it for Jacksonville if they're going to be airing it out, but I, I do just have concern with the fact that Indy's secondary is is as good as it is. Yeah, maybe liking our Shepard play a little bit more here is the fact that Tony landed on the injured injury report as well with the hamstring. So more reasons why they keep Kadarius Tony off the field, give him some phantom injuries, and go from there. So Dotson, two touchdowns. Are you buying? Dotson, two touchdowns. Am I buying it? I am buying it. However, I, I just think that... I mean, it's not going to be a regular occurrence. No, I don't. But he, he was a hyped up. Terry McLaurin so. is going to see a number of targs. Yeah, Logan still, Thomas. Obviously. 
Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, we'll have to see because they don't, they didn't shower the tight end with the targets like they did in pre last season. They didn't do that. Right. So the question is beyond that, where, where are they looking? And sure. is that a, is that a possibility there? So I think Dotson, I like him, but he is going to be, he is the number three receiver there and possibly could be the fourth guy on the target pecking order. Sure. So I like him, but, you know, I, I, I have some concerns. You know, did you happen to see the report about Kendrick Bourne this week? Somebody just asked me about Kendrick Bourne. What do you think? So apparently Robert Kraft, while watching the game on Sunday, asked where Kendrick Bourne was. And he found out that Patricia was benching him because he was late to a team meeting. And Kraft said, oh, no, you put him on the field. Bourne only saw two snaps in that game. But reports out of New England camp are uh, moving forward. Kendrick Bourne expects to be a big part of the Patriots passing offense. So if I think that there is going to be... Yeah, I th so I think that's going to be, again, what is the Patriots passing offense? That is to be determined. But the fact that Kendrick Bourne and Robert Kraft was like, what are we doing here? We don't have a lot of wide receiver talent as it is. Last season, Bourne was maybe our best receiver. Consistently, Jacoby Myers is fine, but Bourne was the more explosive playmate. And Bourne gets in the game. You only saw two snaps. One of them went for a 41-yard catch. So $4,000 dart throw maybe play on Kendrick Bourne this week? Robert Kraft is a man making decisions now in the Patriots organization. Not necessarily a good thing if you're Matt Patricia. It's not necessarily a good thing if you're anybody. If you're right. Matt Patricia, if you're Bill Belichick or anything like that. Right. Like, what kind of a what kind of a mess have the Cowboys been in ever since when Jerry started dictating shit? So, so that'll be it. So Robert, be Robert Kraft needs to stick to what he knows, right? Counting money and getting rubbing tugs. Right. <laughs> and sitting next to Mike Tyson because that's who he was with in the owner's box during that game in Miami. I would have paid a billion dollars to list to be a fly on the wall of the Mike Tyson, Robert Kraft football watch party, <laughs> right? So the yeah, almost as, as exciting as it would have been to, who was it? It was last night. It was Roger Goodell sitting next to Jeff Bezos. Right. Yeah, exactly. Except like, those are two just like snooty guys, right? Like I, Mike Tyson, Robert Kraft, what could those two men have in common? that they're sitting next to one another having a conversation. Outside of, I am sure Robert Kraft is probably investing in like Tyson's weed business that he started up. So that's probably what it has a lot to do with. But anyways, like I said, that was the story coming out of New England camp is that Robert Kraft said, Kendrick Bourne needs to be on the field. There's no reason for him not to be on the field. We need receiver help. So we can kind of just put that in the back memory bank for you there and see what comes out of it there for week one. Paris Campbell's 3,700 if Pittman doesn't play. Even if Pittman does play. Maybe Paris Campbell at 3,700 is worth the target here. I very much like that. I was also looking at for 3,200 Ashton Doolin. Sure. Because it is Jacksonville and Doolin's $500 cheaper than Campbell. So depending on your lineup construction, right? I mean, if you can, I would rather have Campbell in there yeah. than Doolin. Yeah. But... Pierce already ruled out too for this game, by the way. So they could be without Pierce and Pittman for this game. So exactly. So I think that there's definitely some some value to be had. Adam Ronas will be super excited. He's been Paris Campbell's number one fan. Yeah, yeah. I yes, he was. Yeah, I've talked to Justin Fenstrom <laughs> a lot. He says how much that Ronas is always yelling at him about Paris Campbell. So the other one there, Greg Dortch. Again, we mentioned him. Had a good game in Week One. Now again, they were behind the majority of that game. 
Seven catches, though, nine targets, 63 yards. He's the number two in that offense right now, right? It's Hollywood Brown. It's Greg Dortch with Rondell Moore and Isabella out. So he's 3,500. So there's some value wide receivers uh, on the board to potentially take a look at there for your lineups. Tight end position, Mr. Bender. Mark Andrews is your top guy at $6,400. We don't know the Kittle status at 59. Waller's at 56. I don't think we're going to play Pitts at 54. Dalton Schultz with Cooper Rush is at 52. That's your 5K and above range. I actually like Dalton Schultz. I really do. I think that the Bengals, their defensive line is solid. Their linebacking core is good, not great. I think that when you're looking at who Cooper Rush is going to latch on to, because he's going to have to pass. You can't just run the ball. And you can't sit there. I mean, you could throw 12 passes to Tony Pollard working out of the slot, Right. right, or out of the backfield, but... You're going to have to pass the ball. You're going to have to make them respect the passing game in some fashion or another. So I actually think that if you're Cooper Rush, where are you leaning, right? I mean, if CeeDee Lamb's going to see the tough coverage, who the hell knows what's up with the the rest of their wide receiving core. Dalton Schultz all of a sudden becomes kind of a possibility here for me. Yeah, I didn't mention Noah Brown, but Noah Brown got peppered with catch targets by Cooper Rush when he got in that game. You know, it was late, obviously, in the fourth quarter there, but all of a sudden, Noah Brown and Cooper Rush, what do we talk about all the time, right? These, like, second-string guys, they practice together all camp, like, they're not expected to be on the ones, and then all of a sudden, Gallup's out, Tolbert's inactive, and now Noah Brown's the wide receiver, too. Who's Noah Brown been catching footballs with all preseason? It's been Cooper Rush. So there's uh, something maybe to potentially look there with Noah Brown at wide receiver as well. Brown uh, is priced out at $3,800. Just another dark throw potential play there for you. But yeah, Dalton Schultz works. We talk all the time. Safety blankets for tight ends for quarterbacks is the tight end there. So I don't hate it. I also, by the way, I'm not going to rule out Darren Waller. Because I think that a lot of, I don't think a lot of people are going to look to him, obviously, for all the targets that, that Devontae Adams saw. But Arizona's vulnerable to the tight end. I mean, we saw how easily Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes connected on that first drive of the game yeah. in week one, right? And it just, boom. So I, I wonder if that's, zone. I just wonder if that's a one-off thing, right? Like, because last year they were the number one team against tight ends. Isaiah Simmons was the tight end monster. This is what Andrew Cooper was talking about. And they only gave up more than 50 yards to a tight end one time last season. And then in week one, Simmons gets cooked by Kelsey all game. Is that a sign of just like a bad day? Or was it just a bad matchup for them? So I agree with you. If all of a sudden Simmons is regressing in his third year in the league and and Arizona does struggle now against the tight end, that's something to pay attention to. You could be right. Maybe get on the train early before everybody else gets on the train. But... I still mildly worry that maybe that was just an off game for them. All right. We shall see. Beyond that, I mean, obviously, a, I'm not a Hawkinson guy. I know. I, we talked about I, I'm it. just, I'm not. I, I can't. I, I, you're just, you're, to me, you're paying too much for mediocrity. Sure. I don't you mind. You buy Firemuth? I, I bought his usage, but I think that's something that New England's going to focus on. Could be. I mean, are you in on Firemuth? A little bit. A little. He's generally good against tight ends too, but I mean, Devin McCourty is like 100 years old now, right? Like he used to be really good against tight ends. I think they lost Adrian Phillips too to an injury. And they got to worry more about, it feels like Claypool and Deontay and Pickens and Najee Harris that maybe Fryermuth just finds the soft middle of that defense. And Trubisky is not that guy that ben, Big Ben was looking to throw downfield. Maybe Fryermuth is, is an option. I would probably play Ertz over him. I'm not really a Higby guy. Me neither. Um, no, no to fan. 
And I'll say this. I'll say this. Denver, vulnerable to the tight end. I saw, I identified that. I think I was talking about it on either Friday's Fantasy Alarm show or Sunday morning with Fensty. But I said that I was, all of a sudden, I was kind of looking at Noah Fant a little bit because I found that that Denver did look vulnerable to the tight end. I don't necessarily know if that puts me on to O.J. Howard, Brevin Jordan, the direction there, but I don't know. I don't know. So I'm not into Fant here. Bray, we'll see. Najoku needs to see more targets before I can invest. I do like Albert O. Should have had a touchdown. They're throwing to all of their tight ends, which was annoying. In yes, that that's so. definitely in one. Evan Engram's in a good spot here against the Colts, especially if, if Buckner is out and Shaq Leonard needs to focus more on helping stuff the run. Yeah. I think that's a possibility Tyler there. Tyler Conklin saw seven targets. Tyler Conklin did see seven targets. Uzoma's hurt. Yeah. Uh, game, you, time, you, game time decision with the hamstring. Are you going to Jets tight end me here? I don't really want to. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'd rather play Logan Thomas again. He played 67% of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, so he's working his way back. He was the guy that was playing 90% of the snaps when he was fully healthy. So it could be a spot where they ramp him up game one. He sees 75, 80% in game two. Six targets. I, I, I'm a big Logan Thomas guy. I don't think he's not going to be an under 4K tight end by the end of the year. So I kind of want to keep getting in while well, he's this cheap. I'll tell you what, though. I think it kind of depends. I'm not saying that. All right. Scott Turner. Is used to dealing with tight ends well. He did it with Greg Olson when they were when he was working underneath the you know, even when Norv Turner was the was the OC and Scott was working under him. So he does utilize that. But I mean, listen, I said it before, I'll say it again. I wish I loved anything as much as Scott Turner loves Curtis Samuel. Yeah. So if you've got Terry McLaurin, now you've got a healthy Curtis Samuel, and you've got a young rookie in, in Jahan Dotson. Like, does that start to pull away the targets from the tight end? Because in reality, I mean, Washington hasn't had a number two receiver over their last three years, which is where we've seen the heavy targets go to Logan Thomas and the Washington tight ends. Yeah, I, my only other reasoning for that is also like Carson Wentz, a lot of his success in Philly, right, was throwing to Ertz and Goddard. So like he might just have a comfortability with the routes the tight ends run in his in these offenses that he's a part of so yeah and we saw obviously logan thomas was a top was he a top five tight end in the second half of 2020 so when he really broke out something to watch there goddard i think actually had a pretty good game last week against detroit as well he had tackled at like the three uh, almost got into the end zone so something again 3400 when we're down this cheap you're just looking for guys that are gonna be able to score oj howard he's had the two touchdowns uh, he ran six six routes i think coop said so he had six routes run and two of them went for touchdowns. So what is that? What does that equal? I don't know. You you can, he's not in on it. I asked him immediately. He keeps on touting up Brevin Jordan. And I'm like, why does Houston keep bringing all these tight ends then? Right? Like if they like Brevin Jordan so much, they brought Jordan Akins back to their practice squad. They signed OJ Howard and they had the other guy there that is a lot of their blocking that, that Lovey said he lo- he loved using as could play all, all downs or whatever it was. So uh, Arthur Brown, Brown, right? Not Arthur Brown, but Brown is the other guy's name. Farrow Brown, right? He's Farrow. Like, oh, Farrow Brown can play all snaps and catch football. If they like Brevin Jordan so much, why do they keep bringing in all these other guys? So, and we all once thought that OJ Howard was a, was like going to be a legitimate pass catching tight end in this league. Jordan's not even practicing, right? He's dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered. So OJ Howard, 
could be in for more snaps. I'll throw that 3K dart. Right? Like, against Denver against, here? It's a team that I identified last week as being vulnerable to the tight end yeah. and then gave up a shitload of targets and yards and a touchdown to right. the tight end. Yep. So that's the multiple pro- tight ends. That's the last. Uh, oh, that and Kylan Granson, I guess, would be the last tight end I'd throw out there. We mentioned last week, Granson, if they're going to be without Pittman and Pierce, seven targets for Kylan Granson last week. Only caught three of them for 22 yards, but a $2,600 dark throw against Jacksonville here. Kylan Granson, I don't mind it. I don't hate it. So I don't hate it at all. Oh, that's the last tight end for me. Anybody else for you? No, I wasn't even going to look down at Granson anyway. So I don't mind if you're looking to save salary. Defense is here. Do we have do we have a go-to for this one? Everybody loves going to play Cincinnati, I think. They're $2,200. Why wouldn't you? Right? $2,200 against Cooper Rush. Yep. I think that's where everybody's going to be going, spending down with the Bengals here. They are on the road. Something to at least consider. Sometimes these teams on the road just don't play well. We all thought Philly's defense last week was going to be gangbusters, and then all of a sudden, they go and get rocked by Detroit. So, something to watch too, but I think everyone is going to be in on the Bengals at $2,200. Pittsburgh's defense at home against New England. I know Watt's not there, but the rest of that defense still exists. Miami went all over Patriots last week. We were in on Miami. Now we're getting the Steelers at almost the same price we paid for Miami last week at $2,800. I kind of like Kind of like that too. Mac Jones was getting like smashed that. against Miami, so they don't. They, that off Patriots offense is so bad. So I, I do like Steelers D here as well. Maybe as a pivot off of Cincinnati, if you wanted to consider that option there. We're spending up. You have a spend up. Yeah. I mean the Rams, obviously. Yeah, Denver. I guess. I'll look at. I'll even look at San Francisco at home with Geno Smith under center. Sure. Right. Not- Denver's intriguing, obviously. If they can stifle the the texans i don't mind that yeah but yeah i mean i think the bengals at 2200 is like come on all right let's build our lineup we'll lock in the bengals at 22 we'll start it off i I built the lineup while we were talking oh i love it well well, give it to me then let's roll let's roll with it do you have the bengals i don't necessarily know if we're gonna roll with it but let's uh, let's just take a look are you ready yeah all right well i got the bengals as our defense but go ahead and tell me what you got Bengals are in on defense let's uh, let's do that washington stack that you like so much what was my Washington stack? Carson Wentz. Yeah. Antonio Gibson. Okay. And then you throw me Curtis Samuel at 4,600. Okay. Curtis Samuel. All right. So that gives us 6,200 a play. Are we spending up at running back? Or are we going um, mid-tier running back? I, I kind of like that mid-tier, man. I love me some Joe Mix. Let me just, I'll just hear you. I'll tell you what. Plug this into your into the lineup so that everybody who's listening and sure. watching can actually see it. Okay. And then we can just kind of play around and pick it apart from there. All right. So Wentz at quarterback, Joe Mixon and Antonio Gibson at running back, Devontae Adams, Amon Ross St. Brown, and Curtis Samuel at wide receiver. Okay. Bengals at the defense. And then this kind of gives us, it gives us some intriguing things to play with at tight end and the flex position. In my lineup right now, I've just got Zach Ertz and Paris Campbell in there, but I still have 700 left over. So there's stuff that we can kind of maneuver around there. And so why don't we take a look at, I mean, who don't you like? Who would you prefer at some of the places that I've already plugged in already? I think we can go down for, I kind of want to get Adams and Taylor in the lineup here. Devontae Adams and Jonathan Taylor? Yeah. Okay. I think we can so go, let's I think we can go take up, up Mixon. I think we can go up for Mixon. St. Brown at 45 and Ertz I think we can go down on because we do like some 3K tight ends there, right? So 
would you go Albert O at 37? Would you go OJ Howard at 3K as a potential tight end option? Uh, Kylan Granson at 27? I mean, if we're like, I mean, you just want to throw like a block, like a dart. Yeah. Like, I mean, if you just want to punt and throw a dart, then yeah, then go ahead and use those guys. I'm also, I'm thinking about guys who are going to, who I do feel will see ample targets and get some work. I prefer Albert. I almost prefer Albert O okay. at 3,700 than I do going even further down. Albert O at 37 gives us a $5,300 wide receiver. Ayuk's 51. You like Ayuk? I do love Ayuk. All right. Uh, Shepard's 49. Shepard's 4,900. Uh, 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 let's see. How do we get, I want to get Judy in this lineup. So how do we get Judy in this lineup? Well, let's see. Get Judy into that lineup so there and Samuel see. Adams. Let's, let's, take out, let's take out Albert O. Because if we're going to get Judy in there at 56. Well, what if, I we, don't do? Wanna, what if we do Barkley instead of Taylor? I don't want to go multiple Bengals. Wait, 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 okay. wait. Stick, stick with the plan here for a second, All right. John. All right. Okay. Wentz, Taylor, Gibson, Devontae Adams, Jerry, Judy, Curtis, Samuel. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know me. I like to have something coming back a little bit on the. Uh, right. Yeah, but we're not going to be able to do that here with Detroit because the guys who are, I mean, unless we were to go Hawkinson at tight end. Yeah. Which we doesn't really, that really, doesn't do shit for me, can't but. Really afford it. Well, let's get, let's, let's see. If we go Ertz, there's, yeah, there's not going to be a 2,600 flex unless we don't. No, you're going to need to, you're going to, what you're going to need to do is we're going to need to throw that dart at OJ Howard at So, 3K. so let me ask you, let me ask you. We could go double tight end. We can go Zach Ertz. Line up right now. Carson Wentz, Antonio Gibson, Jonathan Taylor, Curtis Samuel, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, Zach Ertz, Kylan Granson at $2,600, and Bengals defense. That's $0 remaining in our salary. Wait, who's in your flight? You're double tight ending it here? Yeah. $2,600. How about this? What if we did this? What if we went Wentz, Taylor, Gibson? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, well, if we're going, I was going to try and get, wait a second. Now I need to make an adjustment here because I don't want to. We can go Chase instead of Adams. I really like those Adams yeah, targets. So I. I like Adams as well. All right, wait a second. Wait a second. Don't, don't give up. Don't give up. Oh, here you go. Oh, here you go. All right. You want it? You got it, Johnny. Give, here give it, it is. Me. Give it to me. Pence, Taylor, Gibson, Devonte Adams, Jerry, Judy, Curtis, Samuel. Throw your dart at OJ Howard. Slide your boy Kendrick Bourne into the flex. Yeah. Bengals defense gives you $100 left over and potentially you're winning GPP lineup. Sure. I don't hate it. We'll go there. Where, where is <laughs> Where's Kendrick Bourne? You gave in too much. You could go, listen, if you Kendrick Bourne is at four, right? Okay, yeah. fine. No, I mean. You could go, I think you could go Noah Brown. Nah. You could go Paris Campbell, but that gives you two Colts. Well, so that's why I'm saying. If we don't go Taylor, right, we can play the chalk play with Barkley. That gives us a lot more money to play. That gives us a $6,700 flex if we wanted to keep Howard in there. And we can play really whoever we wanted, right? There's we, Armand St. Brown goes right back in there. St. Brown does go right back in there. So we have there. Wentz, Gibson, Barkley, Samuel, Adams, Judy, Howard, St. Brown, Bengals D, 200 bucks left over. Dude, I like that. Love Maybe it. Full fist bump on that we'll one. Fist bump yeah. the screen, yeah. There it is. So that's where we're going. We'll throw this in a lineup. We'll put it in the example lineups, right? The podcast lineup. Podcast yeah. lineup. Yeah. So this is what we got going. We got a Washington stack going against Detroit. We have Barkley as our other running back with Gibson. We have Curtis Samuel, Devontae Adams, Jerry Judy, OJ Howard, 
Amansa Ross St. Brown coming back to the Washington side and the Bengals D. That is our lineup here for week two. Full playbook will be out with Saturday. Dartboard will be out on Saturday. Example lineups will be out on Sunday. You can catch myself and Andrew Cooper on the live stream over on the Fantasy Alarm channel. Also, if you're not yet part of the All-Pro member package we have here at Fantasy Alarm, do it now. NFL code, code NFL50, fantasyalarm.com slash allpro. You can click the link at the bottom of the video to take advantage of the offer. It's going away soon, Howard. They say it's a limited time offer. We had it for week one. We cashed. It's available for week two right now. It could be the last week, last chance to take advantage of it. It's 50% off the first six months. You get access to all of the content, not just NFL, DFS, college football, PGA, MMA, NBA, NHL starting up in October, MLB as it finishes out the season, NASCAR, you name it, we cover it. And for 50% off the first six months with code NFL50 there, it's like 20 bucks a month. And more importantly, I think you get access to our premium Discord where you can ask myself and Howard Bender and Andrew Cooper and Justin Vreeland and James Grande and Matt Sells and Pete Cole and Dan Servadidio, Dan Malin, you name them. We're in our Discord, all of us, answering your start sick questions each week to get you guys ready to go for all your DFS and seasonal lineups. So no better time than now to take advantage of it because it's going away soon. It's going to go away. 50% off the first six months, promo code NFL50. I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to demand that they take it away for week three. Get it while you can now, because if history shows anything, John, our biggest wins from the family have all come in week three of the season. It's true. Millionaire Mike last week, last year, week three millionaire on FanDuel. Bob Boris won half a million dollars on FanDuel in week three, the year that he did it. Yep. So get into it now. Week two may be the final week if Howard's pulling, pulling the plug. NFL 50, 50% 50 off the first six months. Again, click the link at the bottom of the video. Take advantage of it, fantasyslime.com slash allpro. For those listening on their podcast, check us out, subscribe, like. We appreciate it, and we'll catch you guys in week three.